We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we'll be joined by 49ers fangirl, Tracy Sandler, CEO of the Fangirl Sports Network. She's terrific. She is on the scene at Minnesota where the 49ers have been holding joint practices. So we will talk to her about that. Let's dive in. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Dodgers fan and Tom Brady's best friend, Tracy Sandler. You're here. Woo! Go Dodgers! <laughs> oh, Dodgers had a bit of a rough week, but it's okay when you have like a 20-game lead. Yeah, l- luckily, so did the Padres and the Giants are way out of it. So you're chilling. You're good. Chilling. I also like that I'm on the scene in Minneapolis. Yeah, boots on the ground in Minneapolis. How's like that? that. Uh, okay, first question. I've never seen in any like joint practice reports so many comments on like the facility itself. It's enormous. It's just like a like a com- like a community. It's like a town, right? It is. It's almost like a town. It is so large. It really like it. It's it's just it's enormous. There are like three fields, and they have the indoor facility. Then there's this like other field that I think they use mainly use for high school football games. But I think the Vikings do like one either night scrimmage or something like that on that field a season. But there's like a there's press box to that field. It's enormous. That's crazy. I've heard it's similar to what the Cowboys built in Texas. Um, can you confirm? I can't confirm it because I've <laughs> been to what the Cowboys built in Texas, but George Kittle said it yesterday and I have found him to usually be honest. So I think I'll confirm it via That'd be a wild thing to lie about. <laughs> that would be so weird. <laughs> Just to make something up. <laughs> it's so weird. So, so, all right. So I, I, let's, let's get to this. Um, your, get your, down to brass tax. Yeah. Brass tax time. Um, your, your early takeaways from joint practice. Is there a whole lot to take away? Um, has it been more eventful or meaningful in your opinion than maybe other joint or other practices the 49ers have had this summer? Um, just what's your feel for what's been happening in Minnesota this week? 
I don't take a ton away from it, to be honest. Today's practice felt, I mean, I think Brandon Ayuk said boring, and I wouldn't disagree with him on that. Uh, it was a big practice for the defense. Nick Bosa did a lot of Nick Bosa things, and so that wasn't really surprising. It just was one more day of Nick Bosa doing Nick Bosa things. I think the benefit of today's joint practice is, or this, this week's joint practice, is they get out of their element. They're in a different environment. The ones get to see a team that's not them. What I think is all, not that anybody's showing much, but this is a team they potentially could meet in the playoffs. So there's that. I'm not sure that if that happens, we're going to look back on these two days in August and be like, <laughs> well, they're prepared now. Go get them, guys. But, you know, it, I think that is really the benefit of them, especially for the ones, especially for Trey Lance. I think for Trey Lance specifically, the more reps he can get against different types of defenses, the better. But I didn't wouldn't say that I took away anything like major it felt and I don't know if this is because the facility is so big this may make no sense but I feel like last year's joint practice against the Chargers felt more physical felt I don't know I just felt like there was more to it I think that the 49ers played pretty physical football and I think that their defense kind of threw the Vikings offense just with the way the 49ers practice um, but like I said, maybe there's something to be said with the sprawling vicinity with the Chargers. Those fields were really close together. So it just felt like there was a lot of action. But those would be my my early thoughts. Since Brandon, Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk said they were boring. And he said they were a waste of time to him personally. Yikes. Wait, really? Is that a shot? Is that? Yeah. 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 He said he kind of felt like it was a waste of time. It was boring. Um, Is that? Was that? supposed to be like a shot at the Vikings DBs like oh they aren't any good so it was boring or is that Brandon Ayuk being like practice sucks I hate practice I I don't know that it's I don't think it's entirely the latter but I don't think it's the former I just think and then he made a comment later that he said he wasn't thrilled that he touched the ball maybe three times but he knows that Kyle Shanahan and everybody have a plan of what they're trying to accomplish so you know but he did flat out say that he thought it was a waste of time. He started by saying it's always great to get a good look against another team, but I actually think it was a waste. Personally, it was a waste of time. That is a wild Incredible. admission. You do not Incredible. get stuff like that from NFL players. I hadn't listened to Brandon Ayuk's interview yet. I, I, that, Obviously, that's wild. you hadn't read my story either, but that's oh, totally that's fine. Not a big deal. Yeah, I, the nice thing about it is it's up there. Forever. I'm listen, not going to take it down. Listen, Tracy. fangirl.com. These, these people. No, no, fan, FGSN.com. FGSN.com. <laughs> At 49ers fangirl is the uh, Twitter. Yes. I get yes. this confused. Sorry. Tracy, the, these Pulitzers aren't going to win themselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and when my Pulitzer Prize winning story on day two of the joint practices happens, you're going to be like, oh, I could have read that first. Okay, going to blow fair. up when they meet in the playoffs. Fair enough. So I'm going to point to this story when they meet the playoffs and I'm going to retweet it and say, what's boring now, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> are the Vikings this year's Cardinals who you said for to recap, you had you had the Cardinals as being, did you say they were going to be the toughest divisional opponent the 49ers had last I year or before the season? The question was, who should they be the most scared of? Right. And my answer was the Cardinals. And my yeah. reason was because you never knew what you were going to get. Sure. Okay. So do you No, think... I don't think that of the Vikings. Okay. I don't know. Because you've mentioned the playoffs with the Vikings a couple times now, and I'm just curious. I only say that because, like, 
last year when they did joint practices, the last few years they've done like with the Broncos, with the Texans, with the Chargers. The yeah. only place to meet them would have been the Super Bowl. The Vikings mm. are an NFC team. Okay, who I gotcha. either get to I the playoffs gotcha. or get close year right. after year. Okay. How do you like thanks for spelling thanks for spelling that out for me like i haven't watched the nfl before i appreciate that well, you made the <laughs> you just got mansplained I know. tracy just came on the pod and mansplained me that's fine um okay <laughs> i did you're welcome so you you mentioned you mentioned nick bosa um there's there are videos online of of him uh <laughs> just sort of dominating the vikings offensive line and i'm sort of going into this season with expectations that bosa is a real candidate to win defensive player of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, George Kittle talks about him as the second best player in the league, like full stop behind Aaron Donald. Um, And Nick Bosa is more or less playing for a contract this year. And if he does win defensive player of the year and then sign an extension next year, he's going to get basically quarterback type money. Mm -hmm. Um, But in your opinion, based on what you've seen at joint practice and all the other practices you've been to this summer, are you of the mind that Nick Bosa is going to elevate himself to that that lofty sp- space in terms of like one of the best defenders in the league this year, um, or just where are you at on on Bosa and, and what he can add to the defense? I think that he's absolutely going to elevate himself, and I would say based and I'm doing this, so don't six months from now be like, well, you said <laughs> so, don't do that. But based solely on. What we've seen in training camp, but what we've seen these last couple of days, like I, he's definitely a defensive player of the year candidate. Like, give it to him. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been incredible. He's everywhere. He's literally everywhere. He's sacking. He's a, he had like six sacks today. He's deflecting passes. He's in the run game. He's literally everywhere. He is a one man wrecking crew. So there's my answer to that. Did that answer that? Or was it just a lot of so support? so it felt like based on the reporting coming out of camp today. I'm interested to get your thoughts on this. If if Bosa was one or one A, Quantrez Knight, the undrafted rookie, was one B. A I lot would... of <laughs> lot of Quantrez Knight takes coming out of uh, Q Knight, I believe. D'Amico Ryan's is calling him. What yeah, Q I Knight think. Takes? I think that sums up perhaps what Brandon Ayuk was alluding to earlier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brandon, they were on separate fields. And you had so, but so the defense was kind of fun and interesting to watch. The offense was a little bit more boring, but I think it does a little bit sum it up. I I also think that yesterday, not I think, I know yesterday, the 49ers young corners really struggled against the Vikings. Now, granted, Quantrez Knight's famous, infamous interception um, came against Kellen Mund. I think I'm saying that correctly. Kellen Mund, yeah. Hill and Mon. So it wasn't against it wasn't against Kirk Cousins in the first thing offense, but they struggled so much yesterday that today they looked better. I mean, Diameter Lenore had a PBU on Justin Jefferson. And so I think that's kind of the excitement. But I'm really going to go back to my original take, which is that the reason that's what we've been talking about is be kind of going back to what Brandon Ayuk was saying. So we have to talk about Trey Lance at some point. Um what? And- Trey Lance, who's that? Yeah. And my impression of Trey Lance, I think one of the things that stood out to me in practice and yeah, like the completion numbers and the interceptions are going to kind of be a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just seems very comfortable in the few mm-hmm. practices that I watched. And I thought that manifested itself in the game um, with the pocket presence and moving around a little bit, the 
you know, keeping his eyes downfield before he decides to scramble, um, going the right places with the ball. Um, is, is that continuing in Minnesota? Like does Trey continue to look comfortable despite whatever the completion percentage is, or the fact that he threw an interception that was tipped? Like, where are you at with Trey relative to what we've all seen after these last couple of practices? Well, I think you you nailed it. There is a level of comfort, comfort, confidence, and poise, and it the stuff doesn't seem to bother him. And I know it's a very cliche and NFL thing to say that he's the same guy if he throws the interception after this, he uses he throws a touchdown. And they used to say that in that voice. And they used to say it all the time <laughs> about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I don't know if that's something like Trey learned from him, but he does seem very comfortable out there. It feels like this is what he does. This is his job. He knows he can do it. He knows he's going to make mistakes. He knows he's going to learn from those mistakes. He's going to move on. But I think comfort, the poise, I mean, to borrow a term from Kyle Shanahan, the game doesn't seem too big for him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just, it really doesn't, he feels like, honestly, the best way I can put it is he just feels like, yeah, this guy's supposed to play quarterback. This guy comes out, he plays where that's what he, he's going to work. He's doing his job. It doesn't feel like for all of like the fans and the excitement, it doesn't seem to be like a lot of fanfare around it. He just goes out there and puts on his helmet and he practices and he throws the ball and sometimes he completes it and sometimes he throws it to the wrong guy, but that's what he does. And then he goes and does and does it again. And then he leaves and goes home and studies film and rinse, lather, repeat. So I would say, yeah, he just, it just feels like it, it sounds so kind of cheesy, but it just feels like, yeah, he was just like meant to be there. This is what he does. And this is what he was always meant to do. I'm interested to hear from, from both of you on this, uh, but Tracy, I'll start with you since, since you're the guest. Um, <laughs> I was of the mind going into camp because with, with Lance, it was all about the reps this off season. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't get a lot of first team reps last year. Or he didn't get a lot of reps period, a lot on the scout team, but it, not as much with, with the first team. So this off season to me was all about banking reps. So can he, can he get better every day? Well, is it an indication that that development process is going particularly well because they're not taking the opportunity to play him 12 to 15 snaps in the second week of the preseason? Like that seems like a prime opportunity. Like, yeah, Hey, game situation, you're facing another defense, good reps, but they obviously don't feel like he needs them at this point. I was of the mind going in that he was going to play like a half in every preseason game. I think it's more a balance of getting him the reps and keeping him healthy. So it, we mm-hmm. did see Trey not play a lot last year and have a couple of injuries, uh, you know, even in not playing all that much. And he is, he's in an interesting situation because he's essentially a rookie quarterback, but he's the starting quarterback and he does need the reps, but they also really aren't looking for it to be Sudfeld season starting in September. So right. they have no offense to Nate Sudfeld and a little plug for the five fun facts that came out yesterday, guys. It's great, but no, no offense to my guy, Nate, but really well um, done. Uh, thank you. <laughs> but I just, I think that they're, they have a balance and because they had the joint practices this week, they're not going to give him reps on Saturday night because that's probably as much as they're willing to do. And there are too many variables. So I think that's what it is more than that. He needs them, but there is that balance and it's just a really different situation. Just like normally the number three pick in the draft isn't going to a team with this kind of roster, but he did. So it's, it's finding that fine line. And I think they've accepted that he probably isn't going to get as many reps as he needs in the preseason, but that's the trade for keeping him healthy to start the season. Yeah. I, I alluded to it 
after the first preseason game against the Packers and, you know, talking to a bunch of players and I tweeted something about this too. It's like Kyle Shanahan is very transparent where he's at emotionally. Like if Kyle Shanahan is stressed out or pissed off, you can tell based on his demeanor and how he talks during his press conferences. And the guy is like, almost jovial at this point like he's joking he's joking with eric branch like every time branch asks a question they have like a running bit which is becoming just better and better as time goes on so good um but like shanahan's not stressed about this like he's making the biggest bet of his career on trey lance and there isn't any indication that he's at all worried about it and i think a lot of that has to do with you know the fact that this is probably the best roster he's had top to bottom since 2017. Um, and another thing, like, you notice Trey Lance doesn't have the the wristband with all the plays on it. Like, Trey Lance knows the offense, right? Like, he knows the offense. He knows his, his reads. He knows what his progressions are. And Kyle Shanahan just exudes this comfort in where Trey Lance is at and just talks about him like, yeah, this is what we expected. And, and it's not... You know, if Trey Lance were way behind and Kyle Shanahan was uncomfortable with him, like Jimmy Garoppolo would be getting reps or like there would be some sort of quarterback competition or this whole thing would be framed entirely differently than it is. But Kyle Shanahan is just comfortable with where everything's at. And he's I think you can see it just on his face. Like he's the type of guy that just very easily wears his emotions on his sleeve and he's just not overly stressed about going into the season with the first year starting quarterback. And I think, yeah, the reps are important, but it's also, it it speaks to all the work that Trey Lance has done on the practice field away from the team on his own, that like Shanahan doesn't feel the need that he needs all these reps on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, like last year, Shanahan was trying to get Lance as many reps as possible in the preseason. And like, he talked about it in a much different way than he is right now. And obviously Lance is a starter, but I just think that and and that that's that attitude as I think trickled down to the rest of the team. Like the players to a man are all very confident and comfortable with where things are at going into the season. There doesn't seem to be any worry about going into the year with the first time starting quarterback because it seems like everybody believes in Trey and has confidence in Trey. And while also having the appropriate understanding that it's probably going to be a roller coaster at times but like they think they can win to the level that they want to win with Trey. And I think what you said about the players is so true because every one of them says he's got all these pieces around him. He's got us behind him. He's got us around him. And Trent Williams said today, he's got Debo Samuel and me and George Kittle and Kyle Yushek. They all say it. It's like everyone has totally bought in and accepted like, yeah, it might be a little bit of a roller coaster, but we're going to be fine. And he's, he's going to be fine. And it's all going to work out. And it's interesting because they're all pretty honest about it. I mean, I think yeah. it is kind of interesting how they all say like, yeah, well, he's still learning. He's still growing, but he's got this. He's got that. We've got this defense and we're going to be fine. And you can tell they mean it. There's an ease. I was trying to think of what it was the other day that feels a little bit different about this team. And I do think last year was weird for all the reasons that we've all discussed at nauseam. Mm-hmm. But there seems to be an ease around this team that I haven't seen I don't, at least not since I've been covering the team, but just in yeah, general, the, the thing you said about buy-in, I think is super important because that was a big talking point on like on the radio out here in, in San Francisco. 
a big talking point with moving on to Lance was, well, that locker room loves Garoppolo. Can Trey Lance win the locker room? Can he be a leader? Look at how much these guys love Jimmy. They're giving him pep talks on the sideline before his last game, and there's tweets talking about how much they love him, and in exit interviews, or, or not exit interviews, but like uh, end-of-season interviews talking about how much they love Garoppolo. And it feels like that is in the past, and it was six months ago. Well, and it but feels I like think... it's already beyond that. Like, Trey is their guy. Well, and I think... Jimmy was their guy, but Jimmy's not going to be the starter anymore. So they could all like be pissed about it and sad and they're going to miss him or whatever. But like, or they could be like, okay, but this is the quarterback now. And our job is to play football and we have to go out and play for whoever the quarterback's going to be. And I think he has won the locker room over, I think. And I think he naturally did that last year. But I also think last year, everyone knew going to the season that this was going to be Trey's team this year. Mm -hmm. So they they like Jimmy. I'm not saying they don't. Of course they like Jimmy and he right. was a big locker room guy, but now Jimmy's moved on and that was Trey's team. So I mean, I don't think there was a lot of I think Trey is a natural leader and he's very likable and the guys naturally like him, but I don't think it behooves anyone for them to like come into the season and be like, You took our friend's job. Like, I don't think it like, became like a natural thing that like yeah so now it's his team and they're gonna get behind him yeah and i think they also like a lot of those guys have the context of like well we saw kyle shanahan put together a pretty good offense with nick mullins as a starting quarterback mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. you know right. so like okay we were we've we've scored enough points with a pretty limited quarterback and somebody who was undrafted like if we insert the third overall pick who we all assume has way more talent than nick mullins ever did then they would probably still be okay. And Kyle Shanahan would figure out a way to manufacture offense. And also like you can, we've said this before too. You can look at the playoff run last year and say they were pretty much winning these games in green Bay and Dallas, despite mediocre to bad quarterback play. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Debo Samuel scoring on bubble screens and handoffs was a major part of their offense. And it doesn't take a high level of difficulty from the quarterback to do that. They needed a, blocked punt <laughs> and a right. recovery for a touchdown <laughs> right right so I, I think everybody on the team and Kyle Shanahan included obviously understands that like all right if instead of C plus B minus quarterback play we're getting B plus quarterback play on top of how well or how good they think their defense is going to be and all of the weapons they have offensively like you can make a case the 49ers have one of the three best groups of skill players in the entire league like yeah, if Kyle Shanahan can do that with Nick Mullins, then they could probably win at a pretty high level with a guy as talented as Trey Lance, even in his first season as a starter. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Correct. Yes. And if you want a button. And you guys, <laughs> guys, internet no, I, connections I, cut out. Or my drop in, Chris. <laughs> no, I think no. you're uh, you're one hundred percent correct. I mean, I think, and I think it comes back to a little bit that sometimes we can forget that it's it's business and it's work. So mm-hmm. they got to go to work and they got to do their job and they want to do it to the best of their ability and they want the best piece around them and they're essentially their boss is going to put them in the best position to win. I forget people can't see me. I put boss in quotes. Uh, it's going to put them in the best position to win. And that's, yeah. And I they I think they've, here's what I think it is. They've all bought into Kyle Shanahan. Right. So since they bought into Kyle Shanahan, they buy into what Kyle Shanahan is, think is going to be, is going to be, thinks is going to be best for the team. And I think that's really where it starts. Not to get all brick by bricky, but I do think that's iron where it starts. <laughs> but i think that's where this they've all bought into kyle shanahan and in in i guess it good kudos to kyle shanahan in 2017 they were 0 and 9 and it was clear that whole locker room had bought into him then yeah so they're in so whatever he says or whatever moves he makes they trust him the the thing i i, I don't want to say i keep forgetting but i just don't think i take into account when you think about Kyle Shanahan with with Trey Lance's, I look at the accuracy, not just in training camp, but last year when he was playing. It was like, man, if he's missing those throws over the middle, you know, it's but Chris Canty, the former NFL defensive lineman, was on the show I produce uh, on uh, on Wednesday, and he played for the New York Giants the year RG three uh, was a rookie with Washington. And he was like, we had a good defense and we had no idea what they were doing at any, at any, like just no idea where the ball was. They were a nightmare to defend. And it's like, Oh, right. Like this is still Kyle Shanahan with a super mobile quarterback. Who's going to draw up layups and easy throws. And he knows what throws Trey Cannon can't make. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a rushing element to this offense. that teams just, I don't think are going to know how to, how to stop. So, as the as the offseason's gone on, I just I, I find it harder and harder to have reasons for to be pessimistic about because that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to temper expectations like it's a first year starter, some accuracy issues, some touch issues, which George Kittle said have have improved quite a bit. But I as as this offseason goes. I'm just having a harder time coming up with reasons that they shouldn't win outside of health. They shouldn't win at least 10 games. 
right. they, should, they should definitely win at least 10 games. They should get a wild card spot in the playoffs. And they should be a 10 or 11 win team. I think their expectation should be to be right there with the Rams um, to win the West. I agree. And the Rams have, I mean, we'll see what happens with it, but the Rams currently have a quarterback issue of their own. So, right. Right. How about the Seahawks? <laughs> yeah, you know, Drew Lock, Drew Lock getting COVID when he was supposed to start the second preseason game. So, Geno Smith now has to start the second preseason game. We just were having, a, just we're, a, we're having this conversation. QB battle. Yeah, it's it's like, are they tanking? Do we know? Do we know if they're tanking? And then you see like Lewis Riddick's tweet. And I'm like a big Lewis Riddick guy, but being like, oh, it's he watched practice apparently and fired off this tweet. Like, it's very clear that the Seahawks are building something special. It's like, is it? Like, I mean, maybe, I mean, I haven't been at practice, so maybe to Lewis Riddick, it's very clear. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're all just sleeping on the Seahawks and we're all overestimating whatever issues they're going to have at quarterback but like there's like a sleepless in seattle joke in there and i'm gonna to have to think about it and get back to you yeah qb list in seattle maybe sleeping in seattle because we're sleeping on the seahawks mm, that's a good one sure mm-hmm. but um, qb list in seattle i don't hate and might work with that yeah. um samuel womack danny gray uh spencer burford drake jackson drake jackson Quantra's night Quantra's night Tracy your thoughts am I allowed to take my um Samuel Womack victory lap I mean you and I you and I have both you and I have both done this I think I think we have but I just want to one more time say how go for it you know before the season started starting again then going right into the beginning of camp I said I thought Sam Womack was going to be the starting nickel so I'm just going to throw that out there it's like a short victory lap I don't want to make a huge deal of it but I just wanted to make sure it was known and said okay so that's done now that that's and what was the question <laughs> i just listed off all the all the all rookies, rookies who are like having roles early on who seem like they're going to contribute and you just want me to you want to know if i agree with you well do you, i mean <laughs> you just <laughs> no the point here, here let's let's do it let's play a fun let's play a game this way scale okay. <laughs> of one to ten one being unplayable Ooh. ten oh. being all pro drake jackson well, is this what cool. you were getting at, Chris? <laughs> sure. What? So we have one is unplayable, Tim being up for his career or for year one? For year one, this, this year only. This season. I'm going to put him at a five. Five five to six. Okay. So a contributor, possible starter. Yes. Okay. okay. All I pro just seems, seems extreme. Right. For That's you. a lot. Right. That's a lot. <laughs> there are some good players at that position in the league. Yes. Correct. There's, there's some good, the Niners have good players at that. Correct. <laughs> like so basically, like, if you're basically going from one to Nick Bosa, I'm putting him at a five. five okay. Okay, five. great. Yeah. Like Nick Bosa's rookie year, I'd put it like like an eight. Yeah. Maybe a I don't nine. think it's going to be that. Yeah. Okay. Um, who is next? Danny uh, Gray. Danny Gray. I guess the question yeah. with Danny Gray is like, is he going to get, is he, he going to have like a really substantial role in the offense or is this just kind of cute preseason stuff? Is this a Travis Benjamin thing? Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a Travis Benjamin thing. I don't know that he's going to have a tremendous role in the office. I, this, it feels a little bit like one of these like training camp preseason things where we all get, well, why we all not us, but other people get like super excited and Danny Gray season and he's so fast. Blah, and then like <laughs> the season starts and it's 
Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Jawan Jennings. And every so often we get some Danny Gray. And so or like I Danny Gray's inactive week one or something. It's, it's possible. It's oh my God. Possible. It super feels like it's trending that way. Huh? <laughs> I feel like the chances Danny Gray in the doghouse. Um, I don't know if he's in the doghouse, but maybe an active week one. So I would say, you know, con- I think he'll contribute. I, I, he's not all pro. He's not unplayable. I just, we'll put him right in the middle. I just think it's going to be one of these training camp preseason things where everybody's like so excited because people forget that preseason is mainly the twos and threes playing. So yes, those guys shine because those are the guys that are playing against other twos and threes. So. See, I think I, I didn't. So the, 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 I don't, the moment practice that went viral against, against the Vikings was him just running past Patrick Peterson for a touchdown and a Patrick Peterson's 106 in football years and B it's like, it's it's seven on seven. Like there's, they're not, there's no safety help over the top. Like he's going to run past him. But I started to think about it and I, and I wrote about this, just the threat of that matters. The fact that that is a pass that can be completed means defenses have to account for it when he lines up. Unless he's inactive, weeks one. Unless he's inactive, right? Then defenses don't have to account for it as much. (laughs) But no, if he's on the field when he lines up, even if it's eight snaps a game, that's eight snaps where the Niners could go over the top and score a long touchdown. And defenses have to a game plan for it and b adjust their defense in a way that they didn't have to when Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. Yeah, and they they didn't have that kind of speed. I just want to go on record and say I don't think he's going to be an active week one. You're no, reporting I, that Chris, Chris Biederman <laughs> is reporting. No, I I think because I mean we've seen it before, right? Like we've like Trey Sermon last year. We're like, yeah. oh well, you know Trey Sermon might be the number two back. Pick him up, and then he was an active week one in Detroit. Right, yeah. right, just because you know whatever. Um, I don't think that's where Danny Gray's at. So I just want that to be clear. But I agree with you, and the numbers all back it up. You can go find like how often Jimmy Garoppolo pushed the ball downfield on throws uh, twenty yards or longer, and he was last in the league. And so just that that's one of the added elements that they're going to that they're going to have. And with the expansive running game with Trey Lance back there, it's going to make the 49ers a whole lot more difficult to defend if they do have a guy who has four, three speed, either in the slot in that Daniel, uh, Daniel Gabriel. What was his name? Gabriel, the the Atlanta Falcons slot guy. In Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel. Yeah. Marquise Goodwin type stuff like that is a a completely different element than what they've had because Travis Benjamin wasn't really all that playable, right? If we're being honest. We could be honest about it. Okay, we're being honest. This this yeah. isn't this is an honesty forward podcast. Um <laughs> we're making the honest here. So yeah, I, I think I think Danny Gray is interesting. I may I, I made the point earlier too on the on the pod, I think last week, and I'm I'm wondering if you agree with this, Tracy. Like in 2019, the Niners got substantial contributions from their rookie class. And it mm-hmm. was obviously Nick Bosa's, you know, Nick Bosa, but um, even Debo Samuel and Drake Greenlaw. Um, is it possible now with like Sam Womack as a top nickel with Spencer Burford as the starting right guard? Drake Jackson's probably going to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, could this rookie class be even more impactful than that 2019 was just from like a numbers perspective in terms of like the number of rookies playing? Obviously, Drake Jackson's not going to give them what Nick Bosa gave them in 2019. But do you get my question? Like, can this yeah. 
can this rookie class be as helpful to a 49ers playoff run as 2019's was? Oh, absolutely. And I think in some ways they're, they're going to have to be because they, they need a starting nickel. So they really, I mean, yeah. I think they drafted Sam Womack with that, with that in mind, they need Drake Jackson to be able to play a lot of snaps on that other side of Nick Bosa. So I, I think absolutely. I think Ty Davis price is a chance to really compete because Someone's getting hurt in that running back room because someone always gets hurt in that running back room and maybe to someone. So I think that absolutely they, from a numbers perspective, I think that it doesn't. And I would almost equate it more to the 2021 rookie class where those guys, for better or worse, needed to contribute a lot. But you did have Elijah Mitchell really come out in that class. And then the combination at different times of Diamador Lenore and Ambry Thomas like on completely different trajectories. There was Lenore started up and went down and Ambry Thomas started down and went up, but they needed them. I mean, without them, they were in pretty big trouble and they were big trouble with them. So I think it's a little bit in some ways, just like that from a need perspective. And I think what was interesting about the draft is because the roster was pretty set, they did kind of have the luxury of drafting guys that, kind of filled in and maybe we're going to work. And I think some of them will. I also don't think Danny Gray is going to be an active week one. And I, <laughs> and I think kind of back to your point, Kyle, though, the 49ers do have, and Chris, you said this earlier, but they just have so many weapons and so much versatility on their offense now that it's going to be hard to defend them because you have teams have to plan for so much. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the big, that's the big all thing unknown. I keep coming back to. It's all going to be unknown too. Right. They can run all sorts speaking, of plays they've never put on tape before. Speaking oh, of speaking speaking of unknown, I think in the as we talk about rookies and and guys we're unsure what their role is going to be. I think the same goes. I mean, Lance obviously is kind of in that same boat. Like Shanahan keeps referring to him as a rookie, even though he's in his second yeah. year. But he is. I mean, he essentially is a rookie. Ostensibly, he's a rookie. And then a guy like Javon Kinlaw, who's going into year three, but he's a really important player for them. And it's just the the variance between what what he could be is is pretty significant. And I think that just goes that's just kind of the Niners this year in general. Like nobody really knows what to do with them because they do have a bunch of rookies who could contribute, but we don't know. Trey Lance, Javon Kinlaw. A lot of really important pieces where it's just like, man, maybe. Kinlaw's yeah. high variance for sure. Because he'll he'll either be I mean, knock on wood, hopefully he'll be healthy. And like, but it's either not being on the field and being unavailable for half the season or longer or being like a plus player on the interior of their defensive line. They're hoping for the latter. I would agree with that, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw that out there. They definitely. I mean, what they want to do defensively is not have to rely on blitzes. Like they're going to blitz sporadically, but the the best version of their 2019 defense was when they could drop seven guys into coverage and just rush with four and bother the quarterback with just four guys. And that's, I mean, that's not rocket science to say that that's probably the best way to sustain a high level of defense throughout a season is just like not have to rely on blitzes being able to get home with four and Kinlaw is going to be a big part of that. So yeah, they're banking on that. And that's a, um, that's a big deal. So we'll see. He had, he did have that rep, in Minnesota where he just like bulldozed yeah. the offensive lineman and almost took out Kirk Cousins' legs, it looked like. But I think that the ability, the physicality, the talent is there. 
it's going to be a health thing with him. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really think that's just what it's going to come down to. Felt like a lot of the stuff from Minnesota was like Niners offense couldn't get going because the offensive line couldn't block anybody. Is that going right. to be a problem? It's it's not great. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not it's not it's not not a problem. Uh, and I think I mean I, the last time you guys had me on this podcast, I think we were talking about the interior of the offensive line, and I do think it is a pretty serious issue. Now, Trent Williams said today it's good to get these, you know, these learn these things when you're not the quarterback may not be in peril, but like there's only a few more weeks of that. So it's it is problematic. Like, can Aaron Banks block? Can Spencer Burford? I mean, Spencer Burford is very interesting to me because he's obviously at a great camp. I think he is gonna be the starting right guard, but how is he gonna be against these defensive linemen in the NFL? Right now, he's winning a battle among not great options. I don't mean that unkindly <laughs> to anybody. And I don't mean it unkindly to Spencer Burford. I'm taking nothing away from him. I'm just saying we can't, I don't feel like we can assume like, well, he won the job. He's the guy and he can do it. He's the best of those guys. Those guys aren't. Yeah. I mean, it's like, he's competing. I mean, Daniel Brunskill is probably his top competition and he's been on the shelf with an injury. Right. Um, yeah. Jason Poe, maybe, but that's an undrafted guy. Mm-hmm. Keaton Sutherland, you know, that's Jaylen a person. Moore. Yeah, Jalen Moore's been on the shelf too. <laughs> that's a person. <laughs> um, and Nick Sakel. Like, I don't I don't think anybody's come away from anybody who's watched practice has come away from practice thinking Nick Sakel is like a lock to make the team. He's probably a practice squad guy. So yeah. yeah, while it is notable that Spencer Burford's done enough to win to presumably win the starting right guard job, Tracy makes a really good point in saying th- the competition is all just kind of falling off around him because Jalen Moore and Daniel Brunskill would be his competition, but they've both been out with leg injuries. Right. And then there's, you know, there's the Aaron Banks factor. And then of course it's who's who, center. I mean, there's, there are some issues there. And today he had bad protection. I mean, he would have been sacked three times and all three sacks would have been on the O-line. None of them would have been like he held onto the ball too long. He should have thrown it away. Every one of them would have been on the offensive line. Um, We have an announcement to make. Maybe we should have led off the podcast with this. I love an announcement. Um, We are. I answer all your rookie questions. I'm sorry. You threw all those names out. I was going to say, let let me let's let's slam pause on the announcement. Are we done talking football? Yeah, we're done talking football. Okay. Okay, great. But let's do an announcement. Yeah. So we have an announcement. Um, We are going to have our second live event um, and it's going to be back at Cooperage in Santa Rosa uh, Friday, September 16th before the home opener against the Seahawks. Um, so we're doing it in the regular season this year. Last year was a preseason. It was a roaring success last year and it was super cool to see how many people showed up and we raised a bunch of money for the Redwood Empire Food Bank which we're hoping to do again. Um, We have, we're going to have a live panel again. I don't know exactly who's going to be a part of it, but we have invites out and the names are promising and there might be a couple of new names, which will be really fun. Um, But yeah, September 16th, Friday, uh, figure the live panel start around eight or eight 30. We're a little loose on that because we know how Bay area traffic can be and people are going to be coming from far away. Um, but yeah, lock it in. It's free to come. It's free to come. We're going to do a live podcast. We're not going to record it. So it's all going to be off the record. 
Um, and you know, we got a little loose last year with the takes. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't as buttoned up as, as the podcast normally is. And so if you want, if you want to see us with our hair down and, and, you know, making come a on. little bit more aggressive takes, then like, come on out and hang out with us because things are going to be said that are not going to make the podcast. Why are you um, going to say with our hair down? Oh, Kyle's bald. Sorry. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy will let her hair. Tracy, you're going to be there, right? I am. Okay. Tracy will probably have her hair down. If you weren't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Yeah. So Tracy will be there. Um, we have some other people who we're hoping to come. I haven't, we haven't locked anybody down yet. Or um, I mean, they're, People have been contacted and things, but yeah, September 16th, Santa Rosa Cooperage, really good beer, good football, raising money or good football conversations, raising money for a good cause. Yeah, there won't be any actual football. There won't be any actual football. Although, you know, you guys want to throw a pigskin around. I'm down. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we could, we could get after it in the parking lot a little bit. Um, But yeah, before the home opener, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll actually have a regular season game to talk about. Unlike Mm, last year, which will be fun. Uh, No. No, week two. Yeah, that's right. It's week two after the Bears game. So come on out and uh, there will be another announcement coming along similar lines, but we're not ready to make that yet. But um, yeah, I'm super excited. Come hang out. It's it was such a great time, like not just being on the panel, but then just hanging out just afterwards and talking to people and talking football. It's a super, super fun event for a great cause. And there's also going to be another run of Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA from Cooperage. So if you didn't get it from last year, um, you will have your opportunity. They'll distribute it. The can's going to be the same. Incredible can design. Really good. Um, I believe the beer is going to be exactly the same. So if you had it and you liked it, it's good news for you. And they will be serving it ad nauseum at Cooperage. So there (laughs) there will be plenty of Candlestick Chronicles. And, you know, maybe we'll have more posters. I think we'll have posters. I think there might be a new hat this year, which is... oh. A hat? a hat? Yeah. I mean, there were Cooperage hats last year that were like Niners colors, Niners and Candlestick Chronicles colors. But um, yeah, we're working on that as we speak. But this is big time. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be really cool. And if it's oh, yeah. if the turnout is anything like it was last year and I, I'm expecting it to be better, um, then yeah, it'll be it'll be a really great time. Can't wait. Hey, I'm awesome. super, super excited. Yeah. Woohoo. Um, so all right guys come to that anything else no that's it cooperage friday september 16th 8 p.m ish mark it down mark see down. you all there tracy thank you thank you enjoy, guys. enjoy minnesota i will it just started raining so i'll make sure to do that <laughs> <laughs> all right goodbye everybody Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.